A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on Strangers waiting Howdy everybody, Cable Smith. Welcome in each and every one of you into episode 99 of Justified Pursuit. Thanks for being here. As always, the good counselor riding shotgun Chisholm Cook. Good to see you as always, my friend. What's up, buddy? 99th episode. Uh, mm. Symmetry on my end. I was class of 99. And I was class of 2000. So yeah. one Honda will be symmetry for me. Ish. <laughs> Is that a stretch? Yeah. Okay. Zero, zero, zero. Sure. I still like to party like it's 1999. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good year. It was. Um, Catholics taught me how to drink. You know, I grew up Baptist. Didn't really drink alcohol until I went to Catholic school. And then it was just like baptism by fire. Like the parents were cool with it. Which Funny, because then I went to Baptist college, and that's where I learned how to drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a drink. Too much. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Learned how to binge drink, I guess, if I want to be real specific mm. about My it. My liver hurts thinking about those days. Yeah, dude. And a headache. <laughs> oh, uh, I did have a few drinks on Saturday for the Cowboy game, though. No way. Yeah, had people over, cooked. Uh, I made some blackened crappie tacos that I caught on Lake Fork. And then all the doves that I had shot so far this season, uh, smoked those and ate the... Stella's favorite is the dove hearts. Put those on a toothpick with a little dry rub. Mm. it's good stuff that's cool did you freeze those or did you shoot some this weekend no no they were they've been frozen for well since september Mm. so cool yeah uh and and then also on saturday though i went to the gym and did a full hour of cardio on the elliptical which on the elliptical you don't go as fast as if you're running but it was five miles burned like 600 calories and I, I was proud of myself, you know, of my, my friends that came over. It's like, what did you fat asses do today? Nothing productive. They're like, no, no. And our mutual friend, Brett, was was over. Uh, Brett's in good shape, though. But, yeah, you Brett know, stays, stays healthy. Generally speaking, no one else did a damn thing. And, uh, and I was like comparing it. I was like, I did five miles. And then I said on the elliptical. And they're like, whoa, that doesn't count. That's lame. That's not real running. I was like, is it an hour of cardio? again is the elliptical is so is the elliptical like a like a watered down version of running i I mean i mostly see women on it or old people so it definitely is a watered down version i wouldn't even it's not even close to running to me but i will absolutely defend the fact that you got out and did something Mm -hmm. and your judgmental buddies it sounds like did nothing so yeah yeah. isn't it it is a good feeling to know like i'm beating you right you but i will tell you the r- why i'd rather get on the elliptical these days. days my knees don't hurt afterwards oh I, dude it has its place and it's not a woman's workout uh, that's definitely like not the my case. wife is doesn't it's just run on not a she gets on the elliptical which kind of makes me think it is far less impact but i just like i don't know i've done it before where i really tried to crank mm-hmm. and uh you can get sweaty if you're like really getting it on that thing yeah um it takes like an I, hour though to get sweaty yeah, it also just feels like a woman silly and wonky, and I'd much rather just go run. But yeah. you know, that creates its own pains. I did run a six forty four 
uh, mile on Sunday. Mm. Um, and it felt like, have you seen the new Top Gun Maverick? I wonder if I could beat you in, if we ran a mile. I might fall over and die afterwards, but if, if I like really gave it my all, if I could could beat you in a mile. I think I don't we know should if I could totally, run a 644. But I think we should I think we should figure that out. After uh, I beat the woman UFC fighter's ass. I'll even I'll even give you till uh our hunt uh in uh Eturia next spring. Uh we're taking the kids, right? That's the plan this time. I'm planning on taking Henry, yeah. I'm gonna bring Riley and Charlotte. We're gonna do two birds. Okay. Um, we're gonna stay in the lodge, right? Yeah. Lindell sent me a bill. Here. It's pretty. They're pretty high. They're pretty proud of that place these days. Did it go up? Yeah. Much. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought that that cut rate was not gonna last. Well, um, we, we did it to ourselves, but we could absolutely race a mile down that long road right there by the house because uh, it's nice and flat, and um, we're gonna put that. We're, that that's gonna happen. And uh, there's no way you're going to beat me. Like, okay. if, I, if I have to die, uh, I will not let that happen. But my point is, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? The new Top Gun? Yeah. No. No. I've heard it's good. It's it's like one of those things I'll wait till it's out on Netflix. We don't go to the movie theater. It's pretty cool at the theater, dude. Like, because, I, I, you know, we were five or... You dude, know, that's so it, 2019. It's like, go to the movie theater. I mean, you know, you probably have a giant you know 4k tv so it's probably just fine at home too but i don't think that's why it's just like that was one of those things in covid and really once we are you gonna let me finish we don't we don't go to the movies three the show's all about me all right fine you can get a word in fine you (laughs) feels like a conversation i was just having (laughs) (laughs) i didn't get to watch the original in the theaters because i was a little bitty kid i think it came out in like 86 right uh it's you know the cool thing about both of those films the original still holds up, by the way. That's still a fantastic. My kids love that movie, like love it. Mm-hmm. The original Top Gun. There's Watching like sex it, scenes in there. There are a lot of. I know it's sketchy. They fast forward through it. It's it. it yeah, it's questionable hmm. parenting. It's like five minutes out of an hour and forty-five minute that. flick, and you know <clears throat> the rest of it's good. But okay, it's all real footage of real fighter jets. The original and this one. There's no CGI. There's no BS. It's real footage of real fighter jets. It's really cool. To watch just you know big it's a good big screen experience big sounds and everything mm. none of it's relevant anymore my point about my 644 mile is that at the beginning of the film they put him i mean maverick you know this is the film is set 30 years after the original time frame right and so he's like obviously a older at the end of his career fighter pilot and he's a test pilot now for some you know like that ssr blackbird or whatever the fastest jet they ever built that real funky looking thing it was a black mm. jet that like didn't have traditional wings mm-hmm. I mean, you would have you've seen it it's called the blackbird it was like okay. the fastest jet ever built he's flying something like that and he's shooting for mach 9 and he gets to nine and of course he's maverick so he has to keep pushing it and the thing starts to like basically rattle and shake and shimmy and stuff starts to pop and ultimately he blows the jet up and ejects spoiler alert i told you I hadn't seen the movie it's the first three minutes of the film okay. is not a spoiler and frankly there's nothing to spoil but he doesn't They're, like goose himself or the, the good guys be over. the good guys win right that's, i just spoiled the actual film too but anyway that's how my Does body anybody failed to eject their ejector seat and smash into the window and die they they did not repeat that trope but <laughs> Sorry, they 
so you know how like all of the Star Wars movies, it's the exact same thing. They have to blow up the Death Star with some kind of fancy bombing run. Mm-hmm. So Maverick just copies that. They have okay. to blow up some un. It, <laughs> they don't name who the bad guys are, right? No idea. Just like in the first, we always like sort of just assume they're Korean Russians. or Russian. Yeah, it's impossible to know. They're just uh, they're just the bad guys with these cool fifth generation fighter jets. And um, oh. I heard Afghanistan has some really cool modern military equipment. Yeah, billions of it. (laughs) My point is, my body felt like it was rattling apart while I uh, ran the 644 mile. Like, it was a real struggle. (laughs) Every step felt just jarring. And, you know, yeah, it felt like... You're going to fall apart when we race, because I'm going to push you even harder than that. If you had an old, uh, you know, metal trash can... It was like half full of aluminum beer cans and you were just like, like shaking the crap out of it. That's how my body felt as I was running. You know, there's a guy who ran like how many continents are there? Seven. Yeah. Right. He ran a, a, a marathon no, on every continent. Five, five continents, seven oceans. We're real dumb at geography. Apparently uh, North and South America. No, you're right. It was, I guess it's seven Europe, Asia, Australia, and Antarctica. Yeah. Seven. Okay, I, so I I'm real smart after all. I got it yeah. backwards. Yeah, and there was that guy who ran a marathon <laughs> on every continent seven days in a row. Yeah, and he never trained. Beast. Never Crazy. trained. Yeah, just a fat dude that drinks and beer and just and runs marathons. Yeah. So if he can do that, I didn't know I that. I definitely just... beat you in a in a in like a one mile race for sure. So if one guy can push himself to something crazy with no competition, then you can outrun me, even though I've got a 50 pound weight advantage on you, at least in terms of distance running. That, sure. Okay. That logic tracks, I guess. And I'm just saying if in 2022, if you, if the body that logic tracks. To that, I mean, I could, I think I could, what is it called? The blackbird, just blackbird right by you. See, like, but my point is, see, there, there's, there's, there's two of us. He didn't have, to, he didn't have to race anybody. He didn't beat somebody seven straight days in a row on seven different continents. I think he was just trying he just to finish, beat his yeah. own mind. Right, right, right. Um, there's another. Have you heard about the, the term domestic engineer? <laughs> yeah, because you sent it to me. Yeah. So Dude. I, I was listening to our uh, favorite sports talk radio station this week. And they brought this term up on. Well, How do you still listen to it? Bad radio, but now it's Jake and Dan. Uh, I still are listen they, to it because are they still full blown leftists all the way across the board, like promoting shots and all that stuff. Or I don't. I kinda, turn it off have, if they talk they about that. They kind of tone that down a little bit. They tone it down, but they're not, I don't. They're not I don't, trying don't to talk everybody into fifteenth boosters anymore. Because the last time I turned it on, like a year ago. I was listening to the morning guys advocate getting boosted, and I was like, oh, okay. And that yeah, was the morning guys, which is by morons. far the most conservative crew. that They're got. entertaining morons, okay? Uh, well, and they're also paid, bought and paid for corporate shills, right? That's I mean, literally by the Pfizer. job. That is the job. Domestic engineers in 2022. I didn't even know this was a term. Domestic engineers are stay-at-home parents or individuals appointed by families to perform various housekeeping tasks in private home settings. They organize and tidy up houses, perform household chores, manage budgets, and provide child care. They may also perform basic garden maintenance and take care of pets. <laughs> you know what's funny is that um, 
Where, where did that thing even come Domestic from? Domestic engineer. It's on Wikipedia. This is this is replaced what the uh, well first it was a uh, housewife and then that was too demeaning so then we started calling them stay-at-home moms and now we call them domestic engineers. In typical leftist fashion, they grossly undermine the meaning of a actual word with an actual definition to dumb it down and remove mm-hmm. all sense of uh, competency from it. So an engineer is someone who has a license to practice engineering, which is a math and science-based set of disciplines, you know, for like building stuff mm-hmm. and making it work. You know, it'd be one thing if they called them domestic technicians, because that'd be anybody can be a technician, right? Like I could be a technician right. if you teach me how to do a basic thing and I do it, right? Yeah. Um, but no, to call them engineers is uh yeah, that's that's Karl Marx would be proud of that. <laughs> I want to know where your degree is. Speak BS, right? Can you plan uh, like a a city block? Show me that. It's amazing. We can find Orwellian newspeak everywhere, even in nonsense about what we now call homekeepers. If I ever hear anyone actually use that term, I'm going to backhand them. Like you, you that won't ever. That that that's like fetch. It's it's never going to be a thing. Okay. Oh, you mean that I, word fetch? Like when the woke people, like I look really fetch right now? No, that's from that uh, silly girl show movie from when we were kids, Clueless, you know? Maybe woke is No, no, no. Yeah, no. Maybe it's a hipster Clueless? Term. No, that's that other one. I've defi- mean Girls. I think it's from Mean Girls. My youngest brother definitely likes that word fetch. He likes to look fetch. Fetching? Fetch. You, no, you, had, you had fetch. to have seen that Lindsay Lohan film, Mean Girls, right? came out in like 2000 if it was Lindsay lohan i guarantee you i ran in the opposite direction that girl's a crackhead this was like back when she weighed about 60 pounds more than she does now and um yeah she I still had red never, hair and never really giant boobs no not my jam i, I wasn't into I mean, it I like either i don't even remember why i, I watched her. it i probably watched it with my girlfriend at the time probably so yeah. Oh, def- yeah. No, dudes wouldn't just be sitting down watching Mean Girls, I don't think. Is that what it's called? Mean Girls? Yeah. That- although I have to admit that, that my roommate, show? my roommate of that era, um, he might have put it on because <laughs> he loved to watch for movies and like all he wanted, like that was kind of a big. I'm talking about Cody. I'll leave his last name out of it. <laughs> hey, Cody. Cody liked movies. Uh, and he liked all all genres and, and all types of movies, but especially that like late nineties, early two thousands, like uh cool kid uh yeah, cool kid cool kid uh type scene. That was that was mm-hmm. his jam for sure. Um moving on. <laughs> uh, Cody once paddled me on Big Brother night, I'll tell you that. I don't think you're supposed to talk about that, but okay. <laughs> Whatever. We used to haze the sh- crap out of each other back in the good old days. Definitely not supposed to say that out loud. But and, yeah. who, and again, who I'm cares? sure the There's statute, a statute of limitations, limitations on that crap. Hopefully. And hazing was fun. Getting hazed was also even fun sometimes. You know, it's now you can't even, you know, I don't know what they do in college anymore, but I don't think you can haze kids. It's like climbing the mountain with a, with a quarter of uh, elk on your back. It really sucks in the moment, but later on you're like, that was pretty fun. Right. Right. There's lines uh, though. I mean, even my high school football coach let us haze the freshmen. Like almost participating in it. Like that stuff today. 
Oh, they get fired in a heartbeat. Yeah. And now we have two generations of the softest bunch <laughs> of crybabies that literally, literally the world has ever seen. Yeah. That's no, that dude, these candy ass crybabies that are everywhere are the softest bunch of DBs the world has literally ever seen. Hmm. Because you couldn't survive like that just a few decades ago. Oh, Henry, is that a participation trophy? Let me go ahead and put that in the trash for you. You don't deserve that. We're not raising crybabies in this house. Yeah. Boston University obviously didn't learn from the Wuhan lab experiment, Chisholm. And they are actively creating hybrid COVID strains, crossing Omicron with the original COVID strain, the Wuhan strain, and it found it to be uh, 80% lethal when injected into mice, 80, 80%, which apparently is way more than just regular old Omicron was. Okay, so there's been two versions of this story. I, I've there. read both. I've read both. But that doesn't that's besides the point. The point is why are we why are we messing with this stuff in a laboratory? No, a hundred percent. I feel I mean gain of function was banned by the Obama administration and then Fauci cheated to bring it back to this is horrible. They say, they swear it's not gain of function, dude, but one of so I have a couple of conservative outlets that I still look to that are you know pretty well full of they're I've really learned over the last few years that there's an intellectual elitist right mm-hmm. uh, and and then the like real world right where you start to blend into like Trump type populism, right? Um, the elitist intellectual right is where you'll find the likes of the never Trumpers, right? Of the, the Lincoln project. Um, there was actually a whole group of people that left National Review, which is a 70 year old Republican right-leaning magazine, conservative magazine in this country to start something called the bulwark because they thought that national review was too friendly to Trump. Right. And, uh, they're all a bunch of deep state, uh, blowing, you know, let's spend money on bombs and war, um, and pretend like we're really into conservatism, but like kind of turned a blind eye to transitioning kids, a bunch of rhino cucks. But anyway, the national review still has, what is it? People, can you provide a definition for us? So cuckolding is uh, the I practice. I just want to make of, you uncomfortable here. The practice of letting your wife, or maybe even encouraging her, to sleep with another man. Uh, I think maybe specifically while you watch, but I'm not <laughs> sure if you watching is <laughs> is like necessary to the definition. It's definitely acquiescing to someone else giving it to your wife uh, and being cool and somewhat down and into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a cuck, um, in you know, po- Politico speak is someone who claims to be a conservative while they're letting uh, leftists uh, screw their constituents, mm, acquiescing it. to it. Something Thank you for the very graphic description. Okay. Thank you for derailing me as always. You bet. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> My point and all that. There's a guy at National Review who I like uh, until he starts talking about modern day populism. Uh, his name is Charles C.W. Cook. I think I brought him up before because he actually has the same last name as me with the E. Mm. Uh, and I can't help but think that somewhere we have distant relatives in England because uh, he's actually a, a, an, an immigrant from England. Uh, anyway, 
He's an American citizen now. He's hardcore into guns and roller coasters. Isn't that interesting? So. We're actually all immigrants. Uh, I'm like a fourth generation Texan, so I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, <laughs> Charles We're all immigrants from Europe or or Africa or some other country, except for the Native Americans. Okay, just I want to throw that out there because you know it's uh, I think people forget that. White people. Well, if you believe in too. the out of Africa theory, then there's no such thing as a native person to this continent. Mm. So, what do you do, Basil? I have completely lost my train of thought. I don't remember what Charles C.W. Cook was talking about or what his point but was. But he does have an E on his. What the hell it was relevant to. Cool. And you guys might be we distant relatives. About. Oh, I know. You brought up these guys doing this gain of function. Yeah. So, before this news about the Boston University thing broke, Eco Health Alliance had been granted another, like, God, what was it, $70 million or something insane? Did you see mm-hmm. that news? No. You know who Eco, do you know who Eco Health Alliance is? You should, because we've certainly talked about them. Yeah, I, I definitely remember us referencing them. So that's the outfit that was doing the gain of function that was being oh. funded by uh, Fauci that was specifically doing the bat coronavirus gain of function research. And then their president who made himself rich off this stuff named Peter Daszak was the guy that the who sent to China to investigate whether it was a lab leak and was like, Nope, definitely wasn't a lab leak. We gave him more money, like a lot more money. So anyway, definitely a a lab leak. The, uh, that shit would have got you canceled about a year and a half ago. If you said that though, let's see. 800,000 trying to figure out how much it was. My point is, yeah, 3 million, $3 million to the eco health Alliance to do it again. It's specifically again for making super viruses from bat coronaviruses. They're so doing, to your point, they're doing bat stuff again. Yeah. 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 I don't understand. Yeah. How have we not? The NIH, the NIH just gave them another $3 million of taxpayer money oh my God. in the midst of the worst inflation in 40 years, not for nothing. Anyway, Charles C.W., they're all criticizing this. The guys from the National Review, uh, it's called the Editor's Podcast. And Charles is like, you know, he's critical of the concept, right? But he's always trying to play the dead bull's advocate and kind of make the point that the scientists make about why this is so necessary, right? What they say is, by doing gain of function, we can figure out how to combat a virus that jumps from these animals to humans. Um, they can also make a virus that can do that. And that doesn't happen that often. Uh, and when it does happen, it doesn't usually happen in turn in the form of like a instantaneous pandemic like this. It kind of has to evolve in order to do that. And mm-hmm. by the time it evolves, it kind of turns out to be just the common cold like this thing has done. But anyway, Charles CW is like, I understand his English voice, you know, he's, he understands blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and of course, the research did lead to the vaccine. I'm like, you mean the one that nobody would have needed if they hadn't been doing the research? The vaccine shouldn't be a thing because they shouldn't have been doing this research in the first place. Give me an effing break. It almost seems like it was part of a big ass plan. Right. Going back to the conferences in Switzerland where they literally yeah. mapped out how these things would play out. Oh, that was in the U.S., dude. That was a, that was in uh, Johns Hopkins University. No, they've there's been two hundred one. There's a whole bunch of them. There's been like fifteen of them since two thousand ten. To your point, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Screw Boston University. Screw Boston. I hate to say it. It's such a cool town that's so like much in like an anchor f- cornerstone of American history, but it's full of stupid psychotic leftists, and they all they're all just bad people. Well, all of their universities are generating the worst. LA or San Francisco. Well, Boston's where Harvard is, where Boston University is, where uh, what else is in Boston? I think MIT is in Boston. All these bad things come from there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like clam chowder. Yeah, I was there the other day. It's a really cool city. It's a shame that it's full of psycho authoritarian, you know, Kool-Aid drinking leftists. You know what's really sad? Because it used to be like, you know, the birthplace of American independence. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking (sighs) of that, so what's really sad and and what's become really evident over the past two years is there, you can basically write off half the country that I used to want to go visit these places. I'll never go. Seattle. Nope. Portland. Forget it. Anywhere in California. I'll never go to California. The good thing about Boston is it's still relatively tidy. Like you don't feel like you're in a, there's not bums just crapping on the streets. Yeah. You're not like in a favela when you go to Boston, unlike when you go to Seattle or Portland or Austin up until a year ago. I'll tell you, it's too cold for bums in Boston. It's got something to do with it. And I also think like, you got to keep in mind, dude, when I, it is home to the most hardcore leftists that are really into controlling their scene. Right. So like that, is that admirable or scary? What they do is they impregnate a city like Seattle with really terrible ideas about uh, how we should let homelessness and drug use run rampant, and then they watch and see what happens. So Boston's the man, and Seattle's the woman. We're going to just hit and run on you. Just here's your mess that we created for you. I guess. I don't... uh, Yeah. You said they impregnated with their bad... With their their horrible ideologies. They're like... They're like... uh, you know, they're like the, the Nazi doctors who concoct these crazy ass experiments and then and then, you know, have the guys who run the who run the uh, concentration camps carry them out and then Wait, watch what happens. You know, right, what, while they go back to their mansions. That's true. If Seattle was smart, though, they would just abort that baby. But they won't. <laughs> They'll abort real babies. They won't abort that. They won't abort those ideals, which they should have a long time ago. But yeah, screw Seattle. I'm never going there. I used to want to. I like seafood. I wanted to experience that Pacific Northwest, but it's all dead to me now. I'll say this. My sister and brother-in-law went out to Seattle. This has been a few years back, like way before COVID. Well, they live in Austin, so I would expect them to go to Seattle. Even they said, I ain't going back there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how how bad it was like five years ago. What's the worst American city in 2022? San Francisco? No, I would think it's... I mean, Portland's kind of small. Um, my toss-up would probably be between Chicago and probably San Fran, but I think i give it to Chicago because they literally have a... They have a Batman villain as their mayor. As their mayor yeah. And they have the most murders. <laughs> I don't know, though. I feel like if you don't venture into the bad part of Chicago, you're probably okay. Anywhere. No, you dude. Around, no, you haven't Francisco, heard about what they did to the Mag Mile. No, 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 no. It's no. You haven't heard about what's gone down in the Mag Mile. 
uh-uh. in the last three years. Oh, dude, Chicago has become a when they remember the looting and rioting well, back in yeah. 2020 there? Dude, they like smashed the windows out of you know out of sacks and Macy's and stuff on the magnificent mile. And it, like a lot of it's never been fixed. Homelessness pe- homeless people all up and down. Like they can dude, there's no Chicago's bad, dude. There, it used to be to your point, the south side was where all the bad stuff happened. And then, you know, the major, the city itself and the lakeshore was a crown jewel of the country. Uh, that's not the case anymore. No, There's, which is why I mean, my, neighbors are, the, my neighbors are from Chicago. <laughs> 90% of the murders still happen, I'm sure, down on the south side. But the whole place has turned to shit. Yeah. Literal feces. So two thumbs down for any type of gain of function, any type of let's play with bats and COVID again. Screw you, Boston University. Terrible Why didn't the government step in and say, hey, st- y'all knock that off? You mean the one that funds this shit? That government? <laughs> if anything, they're going to sue them for, you know, stealing their intellectual property. Mm. And I'm really not kidding. Like, I'm sure Fauci right now is going... Wait, wait, wait. Nobody gets to create the next pandemic if it's not me and Bill Gates. I'm working on it. It's my Fauci. It's not bad. I've always switched gears. Talk about I wore the tar. So we had a fundraiser at the kids' school. Uh, the fourth grade class goes to Austin <laughs> yes. for a field trip. <laughs> Love you. And they had this uh, fundraiser at, at this, like our community ice cream shop. And a percentage of the sales go back to the kids school and to the fourth graders for this trip. So we go there and I'm wearing the uh, Fauci shirt that we have that says tar and feather tyrants. And I got some like, you know, shady underhanded looks. And then one of the dads just walks up to me and gives me a high five. He's like, dude, I love your shirt. (laughs) I was like, my kids can play at your house anytime. The ones that gave you funny looks, uh, we could call them zombies. Yeah. Sleep so I just posted life. for the meme of the week. I posted uh, this meme on our Instagram today, and actually one of my Lone Star Outdoor Show followers sent it to me. And it's just a it's a cartoon picture of just a woman, and she has a mask on, and the mask says, "I'm just not ready to accept that everything I believed was a lie." Yeah, so that was a good meme of the week. Um, you know, I, I can I I could give somebody here on October 19th of 2022 some leeway if they still think their shots helped them uh, fight off the COVID that they inevitably contracted sometime in the last year. Right. Uh, I could still uh, even maybe give somebody the benefit of the doubt if they think, well, you know, like Rogan will try to say they, they thought they were doing what was best. Um, anybody that still defends Anthony Fauci doesn't live in reality. I have to question if they're even real people. Like, are they maybe just like, uh, you know, we've talked about non-player characters, right? NPCs. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're still of the opinion that Anthony Fauci ever had the best in- interest of Americans at heart, uh, frankly, in his career, which is very pot-marked with lots of horrible destruction, uh, but yeah, if you think that he had your best interest at heart over the last two and a half or three years or whatever, you're definitely either yeah, either zombie. just completely asleep, yeah, zombie, or like like I said, you're part of the 
you're the what you're the the grand programmer created you just to like build out the world like you don't mm. you don't actually have a role to play you're just existing right yeah. <laughs> um <sighs> you, you saw thankfully i know nobody who's still listening to this show is among that group so yes uh leave us a review any five stars thank you very yeah. much numbers are saw... back up excellent pretty close to 200 which is actually We've been very uh, self-deprecating, and I think you've made the point before that that's a good uh, approach, but uh, we're in like the top 10% of all the podcasts ever made with our current listenership. So thanks to all y'all. Leave a comment and a review. Appreciate it. Uh, so you you heard about this, the seventh grade boy that was whacking his doohickey in class in front of his classmates in California? I don't think I heard about that. This kid was masturbating. You might, some people might call it jacking off, but that's what he was doing in class. And okay, that's grotesque enough in and of itself. But the superintendent of the Conejo Valley Unified School District, his name is Mark McLaughlin, admonished parents for bringing up the issue during a school board meeting last month, citing that that it was normal behavior. He said, uh, and quote, and so I don't think this is anything outside the norm. Yeah. Dude. Anything goes to the left except expectations, standards, and competency. Anything else is good. This is, dude. I've thrown these names around a thousand times. Um, Michel Foucault, this French postmodern Marxist intellectual that came over and taught at Berkeley in the 70s, would say that that activity, as well as like firebombing a daycare, is righteous because any crime, any act of violence, any, any act of sexual depravity is rebellion against the oppressive status quo and should be celebrated. That's what's going on now, dude. That's why we have drag queen story hour. I said on this show, right? Please tell me that I've said that I listened to a man read a freaking scholarly paper from a professor at a major institution that was written in 1984 about how we should be introducing kids to drag queens. Right. Mm -hmm. Mentioned that. Yes. None of this is by accident. This is not, and it's not new. It's not, a sudden mind virus that has swept the nation. It has been impregnated into this nation for half a century. Yeah. Well, the parents weren't cool with that. And uh, this lady's name is Carrie Bergert, the mother of one of the girls who witnessed the act. She said it was traumatizing because my daughter told me in the car when I picked her up. I was watching a boy jack off in school. Right. What? I mean, what else? <laughs> In seventh grade. We're done? <laughs> seventh grade. Normalizing that stuff. Hey. I'm not saying that boys don't jack off in seventh grade. I can't confirm or deny that. I'm saying don't do it in front of your class. Don't do it in public. It's just a, nothing about it should be normalized. <clears throat> you got to have something better than this. Come on. Weird. It's just weird, dude. Uh, yeah, I do. I have some audio for you. 
which you may or may not like. It's one of your favorite. It is your favorite. Something tells me that this is actually going to be worse. Topic, Chisholm, because every time we talk about the trans, your eyes glaze over and you kind of, you kind of look like one of those woke zombies. Uh, People uh, that identify as transgender. This is an extraordinary story. Um, has increased so radically and so rapidly over the last handful of years, thanks to the Democrat Party, that the number of transgender so-called youth in 2021 increased by 70% compared to 2020. The Democrats are trying to double and triple and quadruple the number of transgender youth. That's uh, children under the age of 18, not of the age of majority. Can't get a tattoo legally. Can't buy cigarettes. Certainly can't buy liquor. Number of transgender youth in 2021 up 70% from 2020. Wow. Tyrone Rose Mandelberg at uh, our friends at Newsbusters, the wonderful Newsbusters. In 2020, there were roughly 24,000 new diagnoses of gender dysphoria from kids aged 6 to 17. But in 2021, that number has nearly doubled in size with more than 42,000 cases. That's a pretty uplifting trend, wouldn't you say? And that is from... I should have uh, referenced it, but I just want to get right in there. That is Chris Plant, and that is the Chris Plant Show. Uh, I'm not familiar with him, but he has a nice radio voice, I would say. Got a great, I was thinking the same thing. Great radio voice, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, reflection, please. We talk about it all the time, and it's just, you know, here, here's the actual stats. It's up 70%. Not from 10 years ago, Chisholm. Not from when we were kids. From 2020. In one year, it went up 70%. There's the eyes glazing Jesus over. Jesus is on his way. He's already among us, probably. <laughs> Walking around and nobody's listening to him. Yeah. I don't, dude. It has clearly become... I've heard some really smart people make the point that... So we live in the, in the age of oppression Olympics, right? how everybody to have status in 2022 you have to be able to claim victim status right and so you and i as straight white cisgender males don't say cisgender please bottom i'm I'm using i'm trying to i'm using the terminology of this this uh, ideology bottom of the totem pole like we are lower than dirt we are below the earth's crust we can never ever have uh, a seat at the uh, at the you know Marxist oppression uh, table. Mm-hmm. The cool thing for and and just one step above us is white ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're no longer victims simply by being women, despite women having been throughout all of human history uh, the most broadly you know suppressed and repressed and oppressed class of all humans um you know regardless of 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 color 
nationality, religion, whatever, right? Uh, being a woman alone is not good enough because if you're a white woman and you're straight, then you're a Karen, you're part of the problem. Um, so what trans, trans being the oppressed class de jure, by claiming to be trans, you'd get to jump from, uh, uh, you know, like subsurface amoeba to the very top. Like you can be, you know, if you're a, a young boy who comes, a young white boy who decides he's trans, now you're more important than, uh, a, you know, a, a black man who dare have conservative viewpoints. Mm. Right. Yeah. Now, now you're, you're clearly more important than that man, uh, no matter where he came from and what sort of real oppression his forefathers suffered and all that. So, um, so yeah, why would I be surprised that, that um, in an age where your victim status uh, is your entire identity uh, and at the same time, they're clearly grooming our kids to, and, you know, to embrace this, that we're seeing these skyrocketing rates. Yeah, also social media has a lot to do with it. And you too. Uh, for sure. The social media environment, I'm pretty sure that the, lockdown the stress of the lockdowns and masking somehow has some sort of psychological synergistic effect and um i don't know maybe the vaccines do too let's do let's end on <laughs> Who knows? this so nobody knows because they they haven't been tested for more than two years so they're indoctrinating the, the kids our youth no, no yeah, i just said it i think the vaccines might cause transgenderism <laughs> yeah uh, I would agree. Whatever. Uh, uh, have, speaking of the vaccines, the CDC is doubling down again, Chisholm, trying to make it mandatory for children to attend public school. Vaccines we know the kids don't need. Vaccines that we know don't work. I hope they try it. There will I hope be they try a it. revolt. I really, I, I'm, I mean it. I hope they try it. Huh. I hope they push that through. I... I want to see them give this red wave that's about to crash on their heads. In, in episode 100, we're going to switch gears and talk about hope and optimism and the red <laughs> wave that is definitely coming per the most recent polls, which I told you mm -hmm. that the polls a month ago were BS. So put a pin in that. We're going to regroup on that here shortly. Um, a lot of the momentum right now people are like oh gas prices in the economy the biggest thing that has soured america on the left has been what they saw coming through these zoom calls these uprisings and these uh in these school board meetings the recall of three leftists from the san francisco school board the uh oh what's his name the governor of uh, virginia yunkin Right. Mm. Running on nothing, a platform. Nothing animates and wakes Americans up more to leftism than what they're trying to do to our kids. And even people who have been triple vaxxed are not giving their kids these shots. I've heard them try to claim that shots in kids is around 15%. I don't even buy it. BS. No effing way. But let's, let's say mm. that it is. 15% is if 80% of Americans got at least one shot, which is what they also claim, and yet only 15% of kids have gotten it, that shows you where Americans are at. They were willing to, to roll the dice, not with their kids. Try it. 
I beg you, whoever it is, CDC. Yeah, who, CDC. Pushing it? Yeah. CDC. Yeah. Well, it's no, it's the FDA. It's the FDA's, um, it's the vaccine committee is, I don't know who the hell's doing it. We'll look that up. Try it and watch what kind of hell you, you wrought from that. It's the CDC. Also, um, last night, Aaron asked me if I was getting a flu shot and I told her about what we talked about on a recent episode because she actually had to get hers for work the other day. Had to. It's required to work in the hospital. And she was like, are you going to get one? And I said, honey, I don't remember the last time I had the flu or a flu shot. I have gotten them in my lifetime in passing when I've been at the doctor and be like, do you want it? And whatever. No, I will not be getting another flu shot because I don't know what the hell they put in those things and I don't trust them. All in all, we're just uh, another brick in the wall. All right, that's going to do it for episode 99. Y'all go get your domestic engineering degrees. Don't forget about those. Very important. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 99. And we will see you next time. We don't need no education. 